1: Welcome back to America's Heroes Group. This time we have a roundtable with our partner Chicago Regional Office of Veterans Benefits Administration. April is Sexual Assault and Autism Awareness Month. Today is Saturday, April 9th, 2022. Our host is the Governor Cliff Kelly. I'm the co-host Sean Claiborne. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith, and our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And we wanted you to connect with us on on Facebook. You can leave comments. This is a very sensitive topic we'll be talking about today, all day today. We're going to be talking about military sexual trauma, the effects, the things we can do about it, how to change it. Go on Facebook Live, see us, and also leave comments, share, and like. And also come and look at our previous shows on YouTube. They're all up on YouTube and our website, AmericasHG.org. We have our panelists with us today, and that's Deborah Montgomery. She's the VBA Chicago Regional Office Supervisor of the Public Contact Team. How you doing, Deborah? Hey. And she brought us a guest today, and that is Holly Dorsey. She's a U.S. Army Staff Sergeant, a combat veteran, and the VBA Chicago Regional Veteran Service Representative and the MST Coordinator. How are you doing?
2: I am fine. Thank you for having me.
1: Thanks for being here. So um, we want to talk about. A couple of things. I want to get into this, this conversation, this topic, and I want to get, engage both of you on this because there's a lot of stuff going on. This is a very uh, loaded topic. Uh, as So, Holly, as a combat veteran, I wanted to uh, come to you first because you have experiences um, that a lot of people in, in the world don't have as a combat veteran, professional with multiple tools of duty. Um, so in combat, when you think of combat, that's an act of violence, and it often leads to psychological trauma, you know, so we, we get PTSD out of that. Um Rape and sexual assault, however, also leads to psychological trauma, and that's what we talk about when we're talking about MST. So in your mind, is there a difference, or what is the difference?
2: Absolutely. Well, MST is actually a subset of personal trauma. It it involves sexual harassment as well as sexual assault while the veteran is in service. Now, there are tiers to mental health. In dealing with uh, PTSD, there are combat veterans. However, there's the subset of military sexual trauma that's a different circumstance the veteran experiences while they're in service. So when a veteran, like myself, I'm a combat veteran, when I was overseas, you experience, experience some traumas a little bit differently. Versus military sexual trauma, the veteran is being obviously sexually, sexually harassed. Um, and involved in sexual assault while they're in service, and the differences you know they vary depending on the vet- it, it, every individual is different.
1: So what is your mission at the VA a you person what's your personal mission and goal to, uh, to accomplish at the VA on this topic?
2: Well, to help as many veterans as I can um, suffering with the, in, the, in the mental health crisis and as well as assisting them with the VA claims process.
1: And how is the claims process, is it, is how, what's that claims process like for many people, especially for someone who's never done it before? Um, can you tell us about mm-hmm. what they need to do, uh, how to prepare for it, um, and also maybe motivate some people to, that maybe need to speak up that haven't done it yet?
2: Okay, well, the importance of filing an MST claim for benefits or a mental health claim for benefits, um, a veteran, it, it gives the veteran an opportunity to voice, what, what they experienced in the military. It, it gives them the opportunity to share what incident happened or occurred. It, it empowers them so they can start their healing journey. Also, veterans are able to speak with a trained MSP coordinator like myself at both the VA hospital, as well as the Chicago regional office or respective state uh, regional office. Um, the veterans are uh, guaranteed 100% confidentiality in filing their claims. Um, also, the veteran doesn't have to um, submit an enormous amount of information to prove that they uh, experienced uh, some sort of incident surrounding MST.
1: So, on the, so on the back end of it, the benefit to the to the veterans, they're I mean they're going to be able to, to my, what I see is get a load off of their chest, and also kind of get some maybe some psychological uh, reprieve, mental reprieve of an event that happened to them that maybe they're not dealing with, but also there's... There's, it seems like you're hinting at there's other types of benefits that, um, that they can receive rather than doing it. Because so a lot of veterans sit back and think, well, what am I going to go through all this? So I don't want to relive this moment.
2: Well, if it's like a veteran with sustained injuries while in military service, they can be compensated for that. MST, uh, military sexual trauma, uh, many veterans su- suffer residuals of MST, such as uh, PTSD, personal trauma. Uh, they have um, mental health conditions. Um, for example, depression or anxiety, they can seek counseling for that as well as like claim for having sustained that type of mental uh, condition while in service. So you're looking at monetary benefits to um, accommodate the veteran and compensate the veteran for their
1: issues. Mm, I think that's very powerful, very important people to understand that is that it's one of the the big part, I think, primary, this veterans can take anything away from this and even civilians and family members is that it's not just about the well, it, the most important thing is to getting the the psychological and getting the reprieve from those from that trauma, um, the mental issues and things like that, getting that out. But also, there's other monetary benefits that could be involved with the effects of that. There is recom- uh, there's compensation for what was taken from you. Now, Deborah, you're not a veteran, um, so how how and why did you get involved with the VA, and then also. Um, how do you, what, how do you, how do you help people and particularly with vets with, with MST?
0: Okay. Um, first of all, I didn't know what a veteran was before, um, working for the Veterans Administration many years ago, straight out of high school. And once I began working for the VA, I realized that a lot of my family members were actually veterans. Even to this day, my family members continue to join the military and that's very rewarding for me to work for an agency that not only serves the veterans um, throughout the nation but also my family members as well. So um, my role in the MST claims is as a supervisor of the public contact team, we assist veterans in filing for benefits. You could come into our office located at 2122 West Taylor. You could make an appointment to see us in person or virtually. Um, you could contact one of your veteran service officers if you want to schedule an appointment. And the VA is doing a lot of things to prioritize the MSD claims. Currently, we have five regional offices with employees that are responsible for processing these claims. And these employees have received specialized training to ensure that these claims are handled with the best quality. And we're in the process of minimizing the stations that are responsible for processing these claims to just once. Just put more emphasis on making sure that the quality of these claims are at the top level. We um, try to work the claims in the order that they are received. So the first claim in is the first claim that we try to complete. And so there's um continuing to do things to improve and recognize that um these claims are important to our agency. Um not only um is the benefits available, but there's also treatment available. Even if you receive the other than honorable discharge, you're eligible to receive treatment at one of our VA medical standards for MS please. Mm.
1: And also one more time, give us the address and the phone number of how to connect with you guys and any social media information you have, any websites or apps you might have, people might have access to.
0: Yes, our address is 2122 West Taylor in Chicago, and you could contact us um, also at one eight hundred eight two seven one thousand. 827 1000 You can apply for benefits online
1: at va.gov. I appreciate that. Now so you, so you found out what a veteran was. Now what else have you learned from your experiences at the VA especially helping people with MST?
0: What I have learned is that there's a hesitancy to apply for these benefits. It's painful to relive what you experienced and a lot of times if there's no evidence that's obvious that you experienced MST then we have to have you provide us with some details so that we could collaborate your experiences, and a lot of times um, veterans only want to speak to a specific sex, like a female may go to her um, veteran service officer and only want to see a female, and so if they can't speak to a female, then they're a little hesitant to file a claim or maybe talk about their experiences. So just having like these outreach opportunities to get the word out and let you know that we have males and females available for you to speak with. Um, we uh, try to do things to make veterans aware of the fact that they claim benefits, they can receive medical treatment, and all of the other benefits that's involved with MSP Now,
1: well, Holly, so we talked a little bit about your military expense, but give us a rundown of your military expense. I think it's important to, for people to understand and there's a follow-up question to that, but I want just for a brief moment, tell us uh, your credentials, your street credit, so to speak, your, your combat credit, and, and what, and also, you know, so people have an idea, especially those tours of duty you did.
2: Um, well, I served in. Um, well, I started my military duty in 2000. So um, I served for approximately 15 years, but um, due to my circumstances, I was retired from the military. And so that was due to um, combat Trump. And so um, uh, I deployed to Kuwait. I deployed to Iraq, um, supporting the mission in Operation Iraqi Freedom and Operation Enduring Freedom. I was also deployed to Africa, and I served on the Bright Star mission to help rebuild the uh, location there, the um, helping on the Bright Star exercise with the uh, Corps Engineers, specifically the 416th Engineer Command. So um, I've had um, a long run in the military, and I wouldn't trade anything in for it. Um, it, it it's been a wonderful experience for me. Um, so, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. So uh, ask that question because ha- having that experience, I'm, I have to ask this question because you said Kuwait. Did you run into the 78th Medical Company by chance?
2: Uh, no, it was so many different companies over there and so many armed forces. We were next to the Marines. Okay, I was in tent city, mm-hmm. you know, so Definitely. I was in a tent, you know. That
1: was my old unit, so yeah. I was just wondering if it was that. So the, the thing of it is, is that when we talk about uh, someone who's credentialed as you, has the experience of 15 years in military, also have has experience with PTSD, things like that, trauma. Um, from your perspective, what is the connection with the culture Um, With the military, especially when it comes to gender inequality, uh, predatory, abusive actions against people, things like that, that leads to military sexual trauma and other types of violent acts against ourselves, against uh, fellow service members.
2: Well, it's lack of communication in the military. Um, oftentimes, I don't think veterans have an outlet. They don't have enough resources available to express themselves or uh, talk to trained professionals um, if they're going through a crisis or they're having some trauma um, that they're going through. So I think uh, it starts with communication and the military allowing veterans to come forward when they have an issue. Um, it, 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 sometimes it is looked down upon if veterans um, speak, speak up about their condition. And/or they're ostracized, you know, in the military. So, oftentimes, veterans might seek outlets like the vet center, or they may go to the VA uh, hospitals to obtain health care when their um, supervisory staff or the military um, professionals there, well, military personnel there, they aren't um, available to listen to what a veteran is, well, a military so, a soldier or armed forces member is going through at the time. You know, so I think um, uh, communication, uh, mental health uh, counselors available on uh, bases, uh, so veterans can have access to them, um, maybe twenty four seven. You know, that would that will um, uh, prioritize veterans in their condition. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, once again, I asked this question to the previous guest too, but um, and your answer was was similar, but of course different because you have a different perspective, and we're talking about a slightly different topic. Mm-hmm. But once again, we always seem to attack the problem on the back end of it as opposed to getting in front of it. Oh, so how do we get in front of this? Uh, what do we need to change in our culture or our behavior or even how uh, um, the military um, policy might even um, play, in, uh, play a role in that in order to get ahead of these things so that uh, men and women in the, in the military are not at, at higher risk of getting MST or suffering these types of traumas?
2: okay well again i would have to say it would have to be trained professionals um partnerships with the va having the vet centers come out to these bases speaking with veterans if they have a have a problem ensuring that there's an open door policy within the military so veterans will uh armed forces members can go in and talk to um their superiors about what they're going through they have to build relationships within the military um with the subordinates and leadership so they can bridge the gap between a lack of communication. Mm-hmm. So I think it really starts there.
1: Okay. So Deborah, tell, tell us, cause you touched on this, you, we went into this a little bit, but tell us the one thing that veterans and service and members need to know or prepare for in order to do, if they want to file a claim, if they want what do they need to bring to the table? The one most important thing that you think they need to know in order to talk to you.
0: They need to provide us with the details of what they experienced. And even if they aren't prepared to provide everything, they can always file their application. And it's our duty to assist them in gathering the evidence needed to substantiate their claims. So they don't have to wait and get a copy of the service treatment records because we'll obtain those for them. We'll also obtain their personnel records and any other um, evidence needed. So the first step is to file the application.
1: Mm-hmm. This question is for both of you. So uh, listening to all these stories from, from uh, vets that have had these traumatic experiences, how does this affect you on a daily basis? I mean, you've had experiences, Holly, personally, but for Deborah, I mean, Deborah first, how has these, this hearing these stories for so many years, and, and, um, and I'm sure you're hearing some of these, some really bad stories, and sometimes, some empowering stories, but how does that affect you psychologically? How does it affect you emotionally? What is your what is how does it rub off on you, or any kind of way, or how do you feel about these things?
0: It was enlightening for me to hear that female um, veterans that wanted to apply for benefits weren't comfortable speaking to males about their experiences. And with our agency, we have a lot of employees that are veterans, and so. What we see in these claims are things that some of them may have experienced also, and just having to read through their claims files and see evidence of what they experienced. It's it's enlightening because, like I said, this is something that we never heard of until years ago. It's like we knew that it was happening, but once they put a name on it and now we have faces to apply to it, then it is just open your eyes and make you see things a whole life different. And so we do show a lot of compassion um, to our veterans, and a lot of us empathize with them and show them empathy as well.
1: Yeah. And what about you, Holly?
2: Well, <clears throat> I would say um, it's very fulfilling for me. Um, I put the needs of the veteran before myself. So I actually um, I, I work with, each veteran um, on a case-by-case basis, and I ensure they have all the resources made available to them. So it really doesn't rub off on me in a negative way. I just know that I am, um, you know, bettering the the veterans community.
1: That's really powerful. I think it's really that shows a lot of your courage and also your um, your stamina to to see to be able to, to take on. Not many people in the world can take on negative stories and but be strong mm-hmm. through that and be positive through that and use that to strengthen themselves and also be an inspiration to other people. So I, I, I got to give you props and also give you commendations for just doing that. Both of you ladies for doing this type of work because I think it's really important. And once again, tell us how do we connect with you? Give us the phone number, addresses. So if there's people at home or people around the country that haven't really thought about this, but they're, they're thinking about it but not talking about it, how do they connect with you guys?
0: They could call us
1: at 1-800-827-1000. You know, online, too, as well? What's that, what's that website? They could go to va.gov. Okay. And I think that's important. Yeah. So people get the help you need. Also, speak up for yourself. Get your benefits. Get your rights. You, you earned it. You don't have to feel guilty about it. Go and do it. And so on that note, um, some people, I notice I've run into this a lot with veterans, fellow veterans, that they seem to have um, – um, they almost feel like they don't they're not entitled they don't deserve certain things like they don't if they don't need it they don't apply for even though that they 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 should get it. So can you speak to that a little bit uh, Deborah uh, and then also Holly?
0: Yes, um you're right. a lot of veterans feel like they don't deserve the benefit. some of them are financially capable of taking care of themselves and You served our country, and you earned the right to file for these benefits for what you experienced in doing so. So we encourage each and every last one of you to apply for the benefits. And you can also reach us at vetvets.force.com if you want to set up a in-person or virtual appointment to file a claim.
1: And Holly, can you speak to that as well? Like, why do, why do some veterans uh, feel guilty? And uh, I mean, I've probably, probably been guilty of that myself. But why do people, why do we feel guilty sometimes when we try to, um, when don't, we don't fight for our benefits? Or not for, well, for fighting for benefits?
2: Well, I've received this uh, on a regular basis from different veterans. They feel that, and, and I myself included, it's a handout. You know, you're not working towards obtaining VA compensation. What is this VA compensation? But VA compensation is available to veterans who have sustained injuries on the military's watch. You know, so this is available to veterans in helping them, for one, heal and, if, and overcome some hardships. It also works to bridge the gap between um, veterans coming from the military sector over to the civilian sector. You know so they have programs um available like the benefits delivered at discharge veterans can file a claim prior to getting out of service between 100 and, 180 and 90 days prior to discharge or retirement so those resources are available for veterans oftentimes they don't think they're available to them because they're not working for them hmm.
1: so that's eye-opening because like like i said they're being it, the, to me the, the VA benefit system even having done this show for what, five years I still am confused by what you can have, what you can't have, how to get it, and who to talk to, you know, and then it's even different service. I was in National Guard, so that changes things as well, particularly for National Guard members. um, Can you kind of give us a a rundown or a slight, um, maybe some more enlightenment about what do Guard members and Reservists get versus regular Army or full-time Marines or whatever?
2: Okay. Now, when you're dealing with the MST um, topic, uh, military sexual trauma, all Armed Forces members, regardless whether they were active duty or on the reserve side or um, National Guard, they're afforded resources at the VA to um, obtain mental health um, counseling, as well as uh, speak with the MFC coordinator that can walk them through the um, the VA claims for benefits process. They are offered the same benefits as, um, as their counterparts, their active duty counterparts. So in that light, there is no difference. Also, I want to share that if, if uh, veterans who are serving on the reserve side of the house and they have a, a medical health condition that isn't on the mental health side, they need to have a line of duty investigation. It can be informal or formal, but they have to have a line of duty investigation in their um, inside of their uh, service treatment record, so that we can see um, that they have sustained injury and then we can possibly provide service connection for that.
1: And is there any income limits? Because uh, some people, like for example, in the guard members, they can't go to the VA or where they can go, but they have to pay or they have to have insurance. Is there any income requirements for in getting kind of care?
2: No, it's absolutely free,
1: absolutely free. I think that's important people because a lot of people have these misconceptions, these ideas. They think if they have a good job or they're, you know, they can't go to the VA because they don't qualify for it or they don't deserve it or something like that. But it's, like I said, something like this, and I think, and maybe you could speak to this as well. I think um, the reason I think it's important to use VA resources is because you're surrounded by veterans and you have access to people like you guys who have seen a lot of these these same stories. A lot of times you go to a regular civilian hospital, you may not get access to the same uh, people who have the same types of experiences. So they can't really, they're not readily able to uh, to diagnose or point or pinpoint what is going on with you or what types of things can help you, particularly when it comes to getting benefits, because they can't help you with that at all. Um, when you're in a VA system, they can not only, not only are you getting the treatment, I think, like I said, it's a two-handed benefit to me because you see the benefit of the compensation but also the benefit of, of realizing getting something off of your chest, getting something off of a, maybe in the back of your mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate you guys for being on our show. Now, one more time, because like I said, we got about th- about two and a half minutes left. Tell us how to connect with you. Give us those phone numbers and also give us the, the, uh, that website address that you gave us earlier, um, uh, Ms. Oh, Montgomery. The telephone number to reach the VA is one 800
0: 827 1000. And if you want to schedule a virtual appointment or in-person appointment to file a claim, you can reach us at
2: vet.force.com.
1: Now, how long does it take normally? Yes,
2: There's also uh, the VA crisis line. If veterans are, uh, they're having a mental crisis or any type of crisis, they can reach out to that hotline at 800-273-TALK and press number one.
1: Okay. And I was gonna ask, so what is the I don't know that my question for a second. I'm sorry to regather my thoughts. So now so what when a person starts the process, um, what how long does it normally take to get benefits? Uh, is it like is it is it vary, is it a short process, is it a long process, um is it all does it all depend? I guess uh, Holly, can you speak to that?
2: Well, it depends on each veteran's claim. <clears throat> Excuse me. It depends on each veteran's claim. Now, the um, the claims process from beginning to end is approximately three to four months, a, a total. Well, from ninety to 120 days. So it's been streamlined um, versus the what we've experienced before. So um, veterans can file a claim on the 5260B form. They can go to va.gov, file that application, and their clock starts actually ticking at that moment. Um, they hit submit. So. Um, yeah, that's, that's the time frame we're looking at.
1: Okay. And then as things change, a lot of veterans have applied for benefits. And I hear this a lot, too, on the streets. I hear uh, vets that um, are homeless. I hear about vets that are um, they have, they have problems that they've tried in the past and were denied. Has anything changed that should encourage them to go out and try again?
2: Well, we encourage veterans to seek counseling and any type of health care. Um, available to them. Um, that's the, the only thing that has changed is the streamlining of the process, and that we're prioritizing mental health, um, veterans with mental health, and homeless veterans. So they should look out, look to see, uh, seek counseling at their uh, vet centers or and or VA hospitals or clinics.
1: Ms. Holly and Ms. Uh, Montgomery, I appreciate your time, Holly Dorsey, Deborah Montgomery from the uh, Veterans Benefits Association, Administration. Thank you for coming on our show. Thank you for your time. We appreciate you. And we'll be right back. This is America's Heroes Group.